With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. years 
We I I've seen him on stand up. I've I've this guy is one of the best comedians of our time and I I think that everybody's going to get a treat out of this one. What do you think, Brett? You watched some of his stand up? Oh yeah, definitely. I I did uh I spent the the afternoon when I got back home doing my research as you know, I'm very uh research oriented. <laughs> And uh, I watched a lot you know of this guy's what? stuff. That's exactly before the show. In fact, Mo's on right now, but we're going to bring him on. I I actually told Mo that. I said you are very really? thorough. <laughs> yeah, I did. Because, oh yeah. You know, I guess you guys aren't friends on Facebook yet, and I was like, don't you worry, Brett. Is very thorough. You can even ask him. I told him that right before you called in. <laughs> Well, that's that's a part of my job of being a host on Baldhead Radio, and something that I learned from you know when I got my start with Francie and Friends is, if you're going to have somebody on the show, you're definitely going to want to know who the, who who the guest is, and you got to yeah, set things up like, to where they're they're going to really appreciate the research that you have done. But don't look on IMBD. That's a little joke that you and I have oh, in between each other. <laughs> did we not learn our <laughs> lesson? Don't do your research there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually very excited. Um, um, Mo, um, Steve Mingola, he's another comedian. I think you've been on the show with Steve Mingola too, Brad. Oh, absolutely. I love Steve, man. You know, yeah. in, in you know, of, yeah, he, of he all the different make types it of people he's that going through some. Uh, you know he's he's yeah, dealing with his stuff at home, and so I'm I'm happy that last night I messaged you and I was like, Brett, you're like what? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. What? What do you uh, want now, Francie? What is going on? <laughs> Why are you bothering me at whatever time? Well, I wouldn't use the word so, bothering. <laughs> Okay, why am I swatting flies? How's that? I'm kidding. What? I'm kidding. what? No, I, I, what? I do thank you for doing this, and I did give you short notice. You're going to love Mo. Um, he, I, I, I love what uh, some people have called him is he's a lovably evil. Oh, believe so, me, I have uh, – I, I want to tell you one thing. I love interviewing stand-up comics because that's one of my favorite genres of all time. I've I've interviewed people from all walks of the creative world, okay. And but stand-up comics they have a point of view that uh, it just isn't isn't understood, and it's good to bring to light what that what that understanding and point of view is. And I love to bring them. That out in 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 an interviewee, you know. That's like I love it. I love stand up comics. Period. Yeah, and they're quick on their feet too. Like if they get a uh, heckler out in the audience, you know, they got to come up with something really quick. And that's oh. what's also oh, yeah. great about interviewing. And we should ask Mo what about the heckling because they're out there. I mean, come on, you're at a comedy club and it's a two drink minimum. Dude, at every show there's a heckler. Every show there's that one fucking guy that's there with his girlfriend that's trying to make, you know, a one-up kind of thing. It's a, 
We're, we're going to talk about that with Mo. We're going to get into all of that. So why don't we bring him on? Let's bring him on. Let's do it. Here we go. Mo Alexander. How are you? Hello. Hey, guys. What's up? How you doing? Good, man. How we you doing, are dude? Doing... Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Can you hear, Brett? Yeah. Are you there? I can hear both of y'all. Go I'm for it. Sure you can hear me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody's here. Cool. How you guys doing? Yeah, I'm doing great well, right now. I, just I think that. that that's one of the things that uh, Brett and I, and you know, come to think of it, I've never tackled that with any comedian that's ever been on this show. How do you handle a heckler? I'm a horrible human being, and I will make you cry. I love that. <laughs> I love that right there, that's dude. You, 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 you have me. You said it happens every. Listen, Brett, you said it happens you, every night. It doesn't happen every night, but at least there's always one night a week. There's always just that one night that you, you, the crowd energy is weird, and you're gonna have a heckler, and that's when I make them cry. I give them like one or two chances. <laughs> you know, I'll shut them. Right, right. I'll shut them up. I'll shut them up. But uh, if you go past one or two times of being nice, that's when I make you cry. Dude, you had me a horrible human being. I love you, man. I am. Love you too, sir. <laughs> and that's how you have to be in that world, in the stand-up world. You you already know when you step up, you're having your material, and you know you, you go up there wanting to kill it. And But you know there's going to be some gigs that you're going to go to where the crowd just doesn't feel right. It's not the right type oh, yeah. of crowd for, for what you do. And there's always going to be that one dude and – yeah, like you said, you give them a chance or two, you kind of give them a pass. But, hey, you know, all right, it's time. <laughs> and, like, how do you handle that? Do you do when, – when you do your work, when the situation is like that, do you do a little bit of crowd work there? Uh, you, It depends on what's happening. If I'm already doing crowd work, you know, we'll play with him just to see what happens. But if I'm in the middle of a, a deep bit that I'm trying to do, um, I have to shut him down quickly. And I do it quickly and efficiently, and I just shut them down. And if they really want to go past that, then it just it, – it's 90% of my act is – 90% of the current show is material. 10% of it every night is on an improv thing. So I don't ever know exactly what's coming out of my mouth. I have no real control of it. Um, I have <laughs> oh, wow. I call it wow, so I like you do that. a lot of improv. I've seen you live, and you are you are hilarious. Thank you. I mean, thank you. I mean, I don't think that there was one joke when, whenever I see you, whenever you tell a joke, there is not anybody not laughing in that, and a lot of that's improv. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, some of it, not a lot of it, but a lot of the, a lot of if I'm talking to an audience member, no, I, that's all improv. If I'm playing with somebody, I don't know what's happening, because um, I'm I like to go off script, and it becomes more interesting to me if I can go off script and either bring it back around or just found something new. Like last night I did something on stage and found something completely new that I'll be keeping for a while. Oh, Sometimes wow. you come up with material while, while you're on stage. You, you, your mind's working on future material based on it's not, no, it's working. Not, it's, it's not working on future. It's not working on future material. It's working on current material, what's happening right now. Every show is 100% different because I can't, you know, one show will be eighty year old people in the first early show, the second show will be twelve year old man, you know, twenty one year old drunk kid. So you have to find a meeting yeah. ground somewhere in there. 
Yeah, and you got you got to tailor each each appearance with uh, the the crowd. You know, because you, you got to get the crowd. You know how to work a crowd. I mean, every stand up, if you don't have that skill, you're not going to make it. You're not going to even be able that's to true. pull off a room anywhere. You know. That's very that's very true. I have way too much fun on stage. <laughs> and, and that you comes should. across. That that's one thing that I can say that comes across about you is that you're so lovable, you're so likable that when your set is over, you're just like, I want more of this guy. I love this guy. Give me more. <laughs> and th- yeah, that's night, how I always felt when I watched you. You're just a lovable, likable intelligent man and you're very smart too i mean that shows up in your stand-up too oh thank you thank you that's one of my uh that's one of my things i like to be i like to um the lovably evil person because i say some of the most horrible things and still make you laugh at them <laughs> like one of my yeah, I, I can't yeah, tell you the whole like, bit I, I can't tell you the bit right now because it's i'm gonna put it on a new cd but there's a new bit that is is working out right now involving school shootings and how every survivor should automatically be be able to get away with almost anything for at least a year. Now, that's a horrible <laughs> topic, but the <laughs> I know, I know. It sounds horrible, but when you're you hear good. my point of view about that, you're like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> the thing is like... there was a, there was, I know it sounds horrible. There was a school shooting that happened right around Christmas this past year, which was a tragedy. But at the same time, I couldn't stop laughing at one thing that the news did about it. So I found something funny in a very dark place, and now I'm making other people laugh in, at the same dark place that I was in. You know, the best comedy comes from the darkest places. Or... What did you say, Frank? I couldn't hear you. I said, do you dare to tell it tonight, or is it going to be a secret? No, it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. Let me get it perfect. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it tonight. I, I did it last night on stage. It worked wonderful. The past three times I've done it on stage, it's worked great. But it's not ready yet for everybody. I, I'm, I'm still playing with it. Oh, okay. I got I, I got I got to ask. Yeah, you don't. You don't want to ask a dude to do a bit on the show because that's you know where he's that, making his, that, his, that, his yeah, money. Yeah, that, that is yeah. true. But that doesn't yeah, mean that again, a bunch of fun shit's I'm, I'm not going to happen. Say, that's <laughs> where you come across is you come across lovable. People laugh at it because you're so lovable. And you're good right. with wordplay and you're intelligent and you're evil. <laughs> yes, I am. I am evil. I have no problem saying that. No problem saying that. I have no problem saying that. Here's the impression I got. when we When we say evil... The the impression I get from watching watching you work the stage is it's not about being evil. It's about being truthful in, in, in a way that a lot of people aren't aren't going to be able to embrace or or accept. It's it, it's it's that is that's what I appreciate. You understand exactly. That's what I appreciate about a, a good a good stand up comic is a guy that's going to talk about topical and current issues. And be honest about it. And the beautiful thing about having that forum, okay, is that you can joke about things, but at the same time, within within that piece that you're doing, whatever subject you're talking about, you can be honest about it because people are there to laugh. And in a way, yeah. 
you want them you want them to be a little bit uncomfortable because you want them to think about the truth about current the state of things that you're talking about. Exactly. You really want to you have a you have you have this beautiful platform to be able to be truthful about things and people are there to laugh and they're going to you're going to get a lot of uncomfortable laughter because but it's it's that and I got to be honest, dude. This is a freedom with stand-up comics that is that is quickly disappearing. So you know, yeah, because you got to have these more balls. It's quickly disappearing. It's quickly disappearing because people have gotten to the point where they're like, "Oh, jokes hurt now." And I'm like, "Oh, shut up, get away from me." Everybody's um, offended by everything. My main rule is I don't apologize for jokes. If you get offended by something I said on stage, you know, go somewhere. I don't. I never apologize for a joke. So people come up to us and you saying, hey, have I was to. offended exactly. by that. And I was like, good. And what do you want me to do about it? The one guy, I, I had a line about, I had a line about midgets or little people, whatever you want to use the proper terminology. And this guy came up to me after a show in Buffalo. He was like, <laughs> my daughter's a little person. And I'm like, and? <laughs> what do you want me and, to do about it? I wrote the joke before you came to talk about me. I don't care. And he was just, he he, he wanted to get mad, but he couldn't. He couldn't get mad. He wanted to. I saw it in his face, but he was just, he and I, because I, I didn't back down. He was just like, my daughter's a little person. I'm like, okay. And what do you, what does that? You want me to sign something for her? What do you want me to do? I'm not <laughs> apologizing for jokes. <laughs> you came to the comedy club. And, and, you came to the comedy night. It never said this. It never said this. This this comic is 100% friendly. Because I'm not. I'm <laughs> I'm not. I'm not child friendly on stage. I mean, no. You're a grown adult. I'm sorry. I mean, if you have a little person as a child, I mean, not that's only very that, cool. And, not only hmm? that, but they bought a ticket to come and see a guy tell jokes mm-hmm. and make make observations. And and right. they're in a place to where, like, wait a minute, I'm offended by this. Unfortunately, we live in a in – a, we have a situation here, right, where, you know, so if a guy is going to be offended by, you know, what you say on stage – his only recourse is to leave. That would be the best yeah. recourse, right? Yes. If you don't like just, me, just leave. leave. If you I don't like it, just leave. Everybody. Yeah, I, right. I tell everybody, I am not for everybody. If you want, if you want somebody with, to bring out puppets, that's not me. Um, I tell the truth. I make it funny. I tell the things that happen to me every single day. Um, I, I, if I make fun of my own self dying, I'll make fun of anybody. I don't. There's nothing. There's no limit for me. If I could find well, make something funny, I will do it. And also, you have the self-deprecating humor injected in there as well, which gives an even keel and even balance to other things that you're going to talk about. So, you no, know, no, self-deprecating no, comedy is in there. No, hold hold on. Let me stop you right now. I'm not a self-deprecating comic. I don't make fun of myself to the point where I'm. I'm. I never play the fool. I will not do that because that's, the that's world not what I mean. Enough. Yeah, okay, that's what not what I mean. Uh, what what okay, I mean what is, is you know, every every once in a while, from the clips that I that I watch, it, you will talk a little bit about your weight or things like that, and just in a, in a very easy, mellow way. And it's it it, it things like that with kind of comedy kind of gives it more of an even playing even playing field with those that are watching what you're doing. Where you know what, I'm not above making fun of myself a little bit. And that's cool. And I mean, some okay. comments are right. a little bit more heavy in that way, 
you you do it lightly, right. but but it is there, and it, like I said, it's it's kind of an even field when you do that a little bit here, you know. I get uh, you you've watched some older tapes of me because that was some, that was an older act. Nowadays, I'm just more violent. Uh, okay. Not violent physically. <laughs> not violent physically. Don't get me wrong. I'm not jumping off the stage and killing people, but it's just more. After this whole Trump thing came in the office, after this whole Trump thing came in the office, and people are actually wanting to fight you at comedy clubs because of a difference of opinion politically, and there are some club owners who won't book me because they're like, "You do too much politics." I'm just like, "Okay, bye. You guys enjoy your puppet show next week." Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I I just I like to hit home with everything that bothers me. I do talk about myself because there's a lot of weird things that's happened in my life. Um, a couple years ago, I know I don't know if you know about this, Francie. I think you remember. I think I, I think I heard from you while I was in the hospital, but I was really drugged up on I, pain pills. I I think I do remember that very much. So. Yeah, yeah, but there's an entire CD that I have called "Got Clot" that's on iTunes right now. And all it is about me dropping dead in the hospital April 5th, 2015, and the 77 days I spent in the hospital and two weeks in rehab. That's what that CD is about. Now, there's some stuff before that, and there's some stuff after that, that some of it tags along with that. But most of that CD is about hospital stay and the 77 weird days that I encountered in the hospital while trying not to die. (laughs) While trying not to die. It's like. Well, I I, I, just I that wording twice, right there is fucking with, funny. Dude, I died twice with I was in the hospital. People don't believe it, but I did. I honestly died. The first time I died that we know of, the first time I died was April 5th, 2015, about 930 or somewhere around 930, 945 at night. I, uh, I do moved. remember that. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. A blood clot moved. I, I was talking to a nurse. I rolled over, and a blood clot moved and blocked my artery to my heart and lungs. And I was dead for two minutes. And they brought me back. Wow! And here's here's the best here's the best part of that, Britt. It happened on Easter Sunday. So technically, I found myself a much more efficient savior. I think that you were like right there, right there with it. <laughs> I'm being serious, man. I'm very I'm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I talk about everything that happens in my life every day. That I. I don't hold very many secrets out there. The ones I do hold, I hold dearly. But most ninety nine percent of my life, I throw on stage just because. Why not? Yeah, well, that's and, where you, get and, your you best know that's actually from. the best thing to do because when I my my fiance, you know, which you're going to meet him, Mo. He he wants to meet you. He wants to say hi to you. Um, he publishes okay. books and. Before we even met him and I, we were talking about a book, and he's been on my show before, before we even Mm. started dating when I was still in South Carolina. Um, The one thing that he always gave me advice on is write what you know. And that seems like what you're doing on stage is you're writing what you know. Yeah, exactly. Am I right about that? Why would I try? Yes, yes. Why would I try to make up something I've never experienced? That's hard to do. I have many stupid experiences that I can share with everybody nightly that I know about, that I can actually, this is from a personal experience. It's not something that I just sat around writing because I wanted to think of something funny. I just experienced life. Yeah, and uh, a a lot of things that um, we've had, like, oh, by the way, uh, Steve Mingola is probably going to be listening to this show later on. 
Um, he did okay. tell me to tell you hi, and he loves you. I love Stephen Gillis so much. Yeah, and he's really sorry that he could not make it tonight. But well, I would I like to say hi to Steve Mangola as well. Hello, Steve. You're listening. <laughs> hey, brother yeah, Steve. He, I promise not to tell. Yeah. Hey, bro, hey, hey, brother Steve. I promise not to tell the story about you dancing on a bar in just your boxer shorts in Greenville, South Carolina. That never happened. Uh, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. You cannot nope, run away not from that, that story. story. All right, well, Steve Mingola says that when he gets stuff figured out, he's going to be on the show. Okay. Mo, will you be yeah. the co-host of that show? Uh, Yes, not a problem. Not a All problem. right, yeah, get, uh, get you two back together, and you got to tell that story because <laughs> yeah, what I'm happens sure you know in what? South Carolina does not stay in South Carolina. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I might call into that show just to say night. hi to Steve. Yeah, call in that night because I yeah, love Steve. He's, he's like a he's like a big brother to me. Yeah, he's he's a really good guy. He's he's done the show a lot. He's always supported us, and he's he I he even sent me one of his T-shirts, the Funny Guy of Comedy. I still have it. I don't wear it because good. I don't want to wash it. He signed it. <laughs> so nah, yeah, yeah, he. Yeah, he, he's he's definitely a great guy. So okay, back to Mo. Yeah. Back. You were uh, handpicked by David Allen Greer. Was it David? Oh no, I'm not at my computer. Oh, uh, it wasn't David Allen oh. Greer. Keenan Peel. Keenan Williams. Keenan Williams. You yes. talking about Keenan? You talking about Keenan Williams? Yes, Keenan Williams. Yes. You were you were handpicked. Yeah, I, I got lucky back in the day with uh, Keenan. Um, what happened was they wanted him. He was he was headlining. He was going to headline the uh, Dallas Improv, and they called me down there because they were like, "We don't know if he's actually funny, so can you come in and do, you know, open for him?" He's and I was like, "Sure, no problem. I got you. I'll do this." And the rest of the week, the first night, he didn't watch my set, but. Um, so we're back, we're at the green room, and everyone's kissing his behind and everything. And there's one friend of mine named Art. He's over here, like, trying to get his uh, low-down, dirty, shame feet, uh, DVD signed by Keenan Wayne. And he's over here kissing his ass. He's like, yeah, my girlfriend has watched this movie 35 times. She loves this movie. And me being the person wow. I am, I said, and I said, I said to him, he's like, yeah, she had to watch that 35 times to get the taste of Glimmer Man out of her mouth. And uh, he took his he took his hoodie. Yeah, I'm a horrible person. I said that to him. He took his You're hoodie evil. down, and looked at me, and said, "He he looked at me and said, oh, you think you're funny?'" And I'm like, "No, sir, I am funny. You should watch me tomorrow night." And <laughs> the next night, he watched me, and then two weeks later, two weeks later, I got a call saying, "Hey, you wanna you wanna yes yes I wanna I wanna do I wanna open for you yes let's do this." And he took me on the road for a little while, and we did that yes. Wow! And I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to meet uh, his mom at one point because she came to one of the shows in New Jersey, and uh, uh, he kicked me out. He kicked me out of dinner that night because I kept trying to get his mom to adopt me, so I could use his name one. I did. Listen, 
I wanted his mama to adopt me. Not I, I didn't want her to actually, you know, do anything for me. I just want to be able to call myself One Mo Wayne. That's what I want to go by. One, one Mo Wayne. That is funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, I'm I'm ridiculous. That is, you no, know, that's hilarious. And and, and Wanda Sykes. Yeah, Wanda's awesome. We love her. We love her. <laughs> uh, the latest thing I, the the latest thing I did was the Kevin Hart show on Comedy Central called Heart of the City. Really. Mhm. I didn't see that one. I'm gonna have to watch that one. Yeah, um Yeah, so they did they did he went they went around the country and picked four comics out of a bunch of cities. I did the Memphis one. And the best thing that they took out my favorite part of the interview. Because Kevin Hart interviews all of us and asked us questions and the part they took out and I'm mad about and he looked like he enjoyed when I said it. He asked us what did we hope to gain from this opportunity? And I told him that I want to be the adult fast version of him. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. I'm a horrible person. Because he is, he is pretty short. Yeah, he is. He is. That's, He's a good dude, great. though. He's a very good and dude. And they took, do you think they would have kept that on there? I would have thought that because he was laughing his behind out. He like ran around the bar. He was like, "Did he just say? Did he just say the last? Oh my God, what's wrong with him?" And he was laughing. I'm like, "I don't know why y'all took that out. That's hilarious." Yeah, <laughs> that is pretty. That mm-hmm. is that is actually hilarious. That I I, I love that. I know. And no, thank that's you. how you are. And that's how you are. Yeah, that's like, that's you being yeah. real. That is. Hey, Mo. I don't. I don't yeah. I, I wanna ask you who are uh who are some of the the comics past that have either influenced you or, or just some of your favorites to watch? Mm, favorites to watch. <laughs> uh do they have to be from the past? Because there's some comics now that I love to watch. It could uh, be anywhere from the past or anything recent. Yeah. There's a kid out of Atlanta named Dedrick Flynn who I love. He's he's psychotic. He's he's in, he's like a younger, smaller version of me. He's insane. I love him. But you know, past influences like uh, you know Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney was huge. Uh, Richard Pryor, of course, he was the king. Uh, of course, Bill yeah. Hicks. Bill Hicks is one of my guys in comedy. Richard Pryor. Yeah. Richard Pryor. On my on my on my wall of gods would be Richard Pryor, Bill Hicks, George Carlin. Those are my three gods of comedy right there. George Carlin George was Carlin. my first introduction to stand up comedy back in the late seventies, early eighties when I was just a young buck. I remember I was shit. The first album that I had Carlin was AM and FM, and that was okay. back in – that came out, I think, in 77, 78. By the time I heard it, it was from my older brother, Brother Wayne, who's been on my mm-hmm. show. Um, I think 1982 when I first listened to that. Of course, we had heard you know, prior um, at that time, and Eddie Murphy was just coming up around that time. But to hear George Carlin, his shit was 
holy crap, you know, it's like that was my first introduction um, into that, that world of stand-up comedy. And I've been a fan right. of, of, of all that stuff ever since. I, I, you know, I've I've always been interested in that world, and I've always like I I love talking to stand up comics to to just really talk about the behind the scenes stuff, all the shit that you guys right. do being on the road and things like that, like the lifestyle that you have to live to be able to go on stage. You know, some some guys are going on if they're lucky, they can do a, a Friday and Saturday night. At the Bellagio right. and like be okay, and then other times you got to do like all these weird little ass towns on the eastern seaboard, and you're going Wednesday yep. to Sunday night. Um, you know, it depends on what kind of bookings you can get, but that lifestyle is like you're always away from home. You're on planes yeah. or you're driving or you know all the things you have to do, and you're always in a hotel rooms, so you don't really have like a permanent like residence. That's a rough lifestyle. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I'm constantly on the road. I just got back home right before I called you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right before I called you guys. I just, <laughs> you, you, you just got you yeah, just got you, back you from a gig. Really it's like two hours ago. Away from, I'll call in when I get home. <laughs> yeah, I did. I seriously. I came. I came home. To, I came home to watch a friend of mine to go visit a friend of mine's art art show. And uh, then I left there, and I came right here uh, to call you guys. And uh, I mean, I'm still wearing the sweatpants I was wearing on the drive today. I have been in this car. I've been in the car for six hours today. Right. <laughs> Drove home, and you, now I'm you haven't even had a shower in your own home yet. No, I have not. I, 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 no, I have not. I, I had to call you guys. I'm like, yes. I, I, as soon as I get off the phone with you, I'm getting naked and getting the bathtub. That's what I'm doing. As soon as I get off the phone with you guys, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Where now, do you call now, home, now, if I Mo, may ask? you know what you got to do? You got to video yourself in the shower. No. She, just went, no, no, no. she just went from a simple <laughs> question of where do you call home to, hey, man, take a naked picture out in the bathtub. What is this woman <laughs> no, doing? No, don't send the, you know, the D-pick. But, you know, just that's say, what she does. you should do a little video. I'm going to watch that. And never mind. <laughs> she wants to watch that. She wants to. You I, see I, what I I'm saying? I'm <laughs> I'm not Mo, you and I, <laughs> no, we no. we've always flirted together. We've always flirted whenever we seen each of other. Course. <laughs> of course, you're my have. boo. I yeah, love well, you, know, Francie. Me being the new guy in the room, I'm I'm a little uh, uncomfortable. I'm a little offended. I might have to actually like start some kind of protest. And they, you know, I'm outraged. And uh, <laughs> you know, it will. One well, thing that Brad about, told me last night, people, he's like, you better behave yourself tonight. And I'm serious. <laughs> yes. You know. <laughs> now, no one behaves. No, no, no I, 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 absolutely, I absolutely adore you, Mo. Um, you know, you you know we've hung out together. You're, you're such a great guy. You're such a great comic. And I'm so happy that I'm bringing you and Brett together. Yay. Yeah, I love talk. I love talking to stand-up comics, man. It's like one of my favorite people to I... interview for sure. Hey, I love yeah, I love talking. Of... I love talking. To, I love comics also because I got to hang out Thursday night with my the guy I just talked about, Desiree Flynn, and a couple other comics, and it was just the most fun I've had lately. Just four or five comics just talking trash about each other, drinking heavily, and making each other cry laughing. It's just that's fun. The beauty, that's, that's, that's the beautiful thing about it. Like, listen. 
comics, first of all, here's something, here's something Jimmy Norton said when it, when yeah. it comes to, you know who I'm talking about, Jimmy Norton, right? Oh, yeah, I love Norton. I love Norton, right? I love Norton. He, he's a huge he really, I love that kid. Dude, he's fucking amazing. And, and this guy is so honest about his life. He doesn't give a fuck what anybody right. thinks about it. I love that aspect about him. But when 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 comics are all hanging out with each other, see they don't live right. the, the kind of life that the average Joe lives. They all of all, the, the whole reason to get up into stand up comedy is because you've had some really bad experiences in life and you turn that into comedy and you your goal is to entertain people but you're but it's also very cathartic. Okay. You're really like letting the pus out. And just in that world, when comics get together and hang out, like in New York, they go to the cellar. And they go to the cellar yeah. in the middle of the week when there's nothing going on. And they go up and they work on new material. And then they fucking critique each other. And they really bash each other. And that's how they show each other love. It's that world. I lived in New yeah. York for three years, three years. And I learned that. If you really love somebody, if you really have a good relationship with, some, with somebody, you bash the hell out of each other. That's what you do. Oh, That's yeah. how that works. I came back from New York with a whole new perspective coming back to the West Coast, what relationships are and what what's so valuable about that connection with each other to where you can just bash on each other. You do it out of love. You do it because you want to be funny. Everybody wants to make other people laugh. You know, that's that's why we're all hanging out. Make each other right. laugh, and there's some bashing going on, but that's a part of that whole process, and that's a world that the general public just can't understand. No, it, you have to have a different mindset. Because I tell you, the yeah, worst thing sure. a comic, yeah, this, sure. if a comic hates you, he doesn't talk to you. He doesn't want to talk to you. Right. If he likes yeah, you, he will talk trash you. about you. We will talk trash about you until you feel yourself. That's how we love you. So that's, you that's when your person is working. It's like, okay, this person is a horrible human being, too. Let's hang out and talk trash. That's all we do. Listen, man, as a stand-up comic, your best audience are other fucking comics. No, 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 not true, not true, not true. <laughs> the best think? audience are comics who like you. Comics who hate you, that's your worst audience right there. They, oof, oh, yeah, oof, yeah. Oof. Oof. Yeah, you can't win in any of those scenarios. No, no, you can't. But to, no, you can't. Now, now, to, to have a, oh, go ahead, Brent. Go ahead, Francie. I was going to say to oh, to have a place like say, the cellar. Uh, Mo, I was going to change the subject, but if you were going to keep on, I was going to. But uh, here's here's my question. You you come home. Yeah. From work one day, and you go to your parents and you say, "I want to be a stand-up comic." That's <laughs> like the last thing they want to hear. <laughs> yeah, what my did mom they hated that. My my mom hated the idea of me being a comic till she died. Um, actually, <laughs> me being an asshole, um, I missed my <laughs> senior high school reunions because I was touring with Keenan Wayans. And uh, I had him call my mother and tell her how funny I was. She said, okay, that's nice, and then just hung up. I was like, okay, whatever. Wow. What? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, they hate 
yes, he was that impressed. My mom actually only saw me do comedy probably three times. She was just she always was running oh, out of wow. screaming at the end of the show. Yeah, she hated the whole idea. Yeah, and, and it she, continued yeah, she, all the way up until, yeah, yeah. Oh I'm wow, that's that kind of hard on you. Not at all. I, no, well, not you've at been at it for over ten years. You better not at this point. Oh yeah, no. I I, I learned a long time ago. I, my my theory behind me quitting college and doing stand up comedy was, if I had something to fall back on, I wouldn't try hard enough. And then Keenan Wayne right. said the same thing to me, like. One one night on the tour, he's like, "Yeah, it makes sense." He's like, "Yeah, that's why we quit our job." And he did the same thing. So I'm like, "All right, I'm on the right path. I'm on the right path." And let's go. Let's scare people. It's like if you don't have <laughs> you, it's you don't have the plan B because if you do have a plan B, you're going to end up resorting to plan B. So let's just yeah, get rid of plan B all together. Exactly. I don't want a plan B. I'm just here, and I'm and I'm having too much fun, and I make other people have fun. Some people get pissed off at me, and I don't care because the other crowd right. is doing this. I piss, you know. So I'm always pissed somebody off. Someone's going to say something about some joke I've said, and um, I really don't care. Well, that's the exactly. whole thing. And and, and that's what makes it even more funny is from. that you don't yeah. care. You know, I, no, you I, to, I, I'm living you, my life to the fullest, and you guys are heckling, or right? you guys are offended by <laughs> exactly. something I say. I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't, I can't, if you try to make everybody happy, you're going to please no one, because you can't make everybody happy. Someone's going to be offended by something. No matter how hard okay. you try, someone's going to yep. be pissed about something. And if that happens, you know who's, then and like, most, no, I don't care. I'm making, I'm making myself happy. I'm making the people who are getting it happy. If you did not get this joke, if this one joke offended you, I'm sure they'll have somebody with a puppet come through in the next three weeks. You know who's going to be the <laughs> most offended by you trying to please everybody? You. Everybody. Yeah, well, me too. No, yeah, I you. I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I would not yeah, be able to please tonight if I had you to. Can't, you can't live your life trying to please everybody, and then all of a sudden you got nothing because you can't be who the fuck you are. So why exactly. would you even go that route? You got to be who you are, and you got to be true to yourself, as they say. And it's a, you know, it's an overrated phrase to say be true to yourself. But the truth is, do what makes you happy. And do it to the best of your ability because that's where you are. And go fuck all those people that are going to say, "Oh, what the hell are you doing?" You know, go fuck yourself. That's yeah, what we exactly. have to do to be happy. If, if and that doesn't mean going out of your way to offend people, but people are going to be offended no matter what you do or what you say. So might as well be true to what you do and be faithful to that. That's where your truth right. is. That's it. That's it. If anybody has a question about that, come and see me. <laughs> yeah, I tell I, that I, to people all the all time. time yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on stage constantly, and I have to deal with somebody. It's, it's like one person a week come up and say something. I was offended by what you said. Good. Why were you offended? What did I say that hurt you to a point that you had to come tell me something? And why don't you look into yourself? I, I didn't do it. Leave it, me alone. Yeah, exactly. Like, why would you take that so personal? Well, yeah. then you must have something going on with yourself that made yeah. you hurt. That has nothing to do with me and what I just said. So go go on with yeah. yourself and figure it out, man. Don't come to me. Yeah, I didn't do it. Right? 
I'm, yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm, I, it bothers. It, it doesn't bother me because, as I said earlier, I don't apologize for jokes. I would I refuse. Too many people I'm telling you, I want you to apologize for jokes. I'm like, no, no. If I say yeah, something, you can't do that. Day, I mean, if I did, if I did something, if I robbed a liquor store, sure, we can apologize for that. But I didn't do that. All I said was words. So whatever. Right. <laughs> hey man, I got I got to ask you something. You ever yeah. watched the late Patrice O'Neill stuff? Yes, of course. Patrice was awesome. I love Patrice. You know why I love Patrice here? He has a way thinking about a situation that you know is a fucked up point of view and a way of looking at things, but he brings you around to where you start going, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Like, that's a fucking genius shit right there, man. Patrice yeah, he was, was – love that guy. He was – he was a – a brilliant comic. I could never take that away from him. He's a brilliant comic. And Absolutely. He, yeah, he was just a great. He was a great comic. So I never. I only got. I think I. I, I never actually got to meet him, but uh, we were in like the same club one night, and someone thought I was him. I'm like, no, that's not. No, that's him. No, I'm <laughs> Mo. Whatever. Keep, right. keep track of your large black dude. Come on, come on, get a, get with the program, sir. And, uh, yeah, now yeah, you just, we don't all look you the just same. being cruel, <laughs> if you can <could> say. <laughs> <laughs> Patrice when people was say a fucking stupid, genius. Man, some... Yeah, he was. I-, I loved him a lot. I really did. Me too, Very man. Too. I miss that. Great I miss coach. that motherfucker. I miss that dude. Every time I listen to everything that he's done, just the way that he engineered his his work really made you question things and that's the most important thing if you if you have that forum where you can make people start questioning what they believe or what they think i'm not talking about religion or anything or politics or anything like just a general life issues if if you if you have that power to to have even just one or five people in the audience just rethink things after coming away from that show, you know what I mean? And that requires a little bit of brutality. That's what yeah, you do. I'll give you that. I'll give, where do you, Brent, where do you live? I live in Southern California. Side of the state? What, I mean, give me a city. I mean, I'm coming out there. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Fullerton. Full, okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'll just take it. Okay. I'm coming out to – I'm coming out to L.A. in July, and, uh, you know, we should hang out. Oh, really? Dude, that would yeah. be very cool because I love going to see shows, dude, for sure. And maybe cool. Cool. maybe LA if you got a July. little bit of time, hold on, maybe if you got – well, when are you coming out to L.A. to do a show? Do you have a, do you have a schedule? Yeah. yeah, give me a second here. Hold on. Okay. I'll be in July. I mean, I'll be in Los Angeles uh, the 15th through the 22nd, 23rd, 23rd. Yeah. Okay, that weekend. All right. That I'll tell you week, what. The whole week. Yeah. You'll be out there a whole week. I'll tell you what. I can bring a portable rig, and maybe we can have a sit-down for Bald Head Radio. Not a problem, sir. We can do this. That would be awesome, dude. Yeah, love no it. Hey, hey, Mo, yeah. Mo. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too far from you 
I'm in Sacramento, she's, California. She's up in Sacramento. A bit of a longer drive than what I what I would be looking at. I go out to L.A. all the time. That, so she's coming down from San Francisco. Like six, or, uh, is that like it or it would be kind of cool, Brett. You and I get to meet face to face for the first that time. That's the first time. And we go Frankie watch a Mo Alexander stand up comedy show. Yeah, maybe we can set up a, a sit down video interview kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be in the background with that one, but you know, well, how about if we get together and we go watch Mo Alexander on stage, and you can. Yeah, you know, uh, with Bald Head Radio, I, I have a friend of mine now who is um, pushing me more into video podcasting on on site. He's doing a lot of post production work audio, video editing, and stuff like that with the last thing that I just did, which is the first thing that I've done with Bald Head Radio as far as uh, doing video interviews up at Idlewild when I had uh, my friends from New York come out from Fuzzle and Lens Productions, and uh, they gave me the exclusive interview with them. And, uh, yeah, we spent about three hours. We got about We got over an hour of footage of me sitting down with each one of them individually uh, doing an interview for the movie that they uh, had their West Coast premiere for, uh, Abnormal Attraction. And uh, right now it's in post-production with my friend out in Riverside who is Mm -hmm. um, doing all of the color correction and uh, video stabilization, working with the – we had separate audio channels through a different recording device. Um, it's it's the biggest production that I've done with Bald Head Radio to date, and he's expressed interest. The next time that I go out into the field, he wants to be there with his cameras and stuff like that to be more a part of Bald Head Radio. This could be a good opportunity for something like that. How do you feel about okay. it? Uh, yeah, man. You know, and if you're going to be down, out for an entire week. I'm de- I'm down for anything. I'm easy to deal with. Whatever you want to do while we're down there, man, let's do it. Film whatever. Let's get let's have fun. So I'm not filming myself getting in and out of a tub though. We're not doing that. But other than that, yeah, we're not going to do. A, we won't do a tub interview. Right. I mean, we right. could do something like that for shits and giggles, but that'll never make it over to the channel. So you know, That's that would hilarious. be just like for my personal archive. You know, later on down the road. <laughs> Uh, I, I see. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that one. Thank you. <laughs> but, Francie, if you wanted to get in on something like that, you have to figure out how you're going to get down here from Sacramento. And, you know, i got to get you on camera for something like that. Um, you're going to be there. So we could do something like that, you know, figure some stuff out. Yeah, what is that? Uh, what is that? Southwest? That's like a $20 flight or something? Come on. Right. Yeah, she could get down there quick, get a little time off, a couple of days. You know, you can make that happen. Francie, Francie, are you here? <laughs> yeah, you my bird is uh, bitching uh, <laughs> in the background, so I thought I'd put it on mute for a little while. I, 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 <laughs> you I hear the bird, right? Out, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Nick and I, we would totally drive down there. We we drove down through the grapevine well, before. Come. Nick's got to come. Yeah. In fact, speaking of Nick, Mo. Do you want to say, do you want to meet my fiancé? And one thing that you were talking about with me 
with private messages is that you're trying to get a book started. Yeah, we'll t- I don't want to talk about this on air right now, but yes, I will. Okay, yes. okay. But yes, would I, you like yes. to yes. Uh, say hi and meet my fiancé, my one, which is actually one of Brett's best friends, and Brett is one of Nick's Jesus. best friends, and that's how we met. Oh, Jesus. Nick and I have known each other. Nick and I have known each other since 1987, 1980. I don't know, 30 fucking years. I mean, that's a, that's a long time that this man and I have been hanging out. I, so, I don't know. Yeah. And that's pretty much how much how long I've known Mo. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, seriously. No, I'm Very in the cool. 90s. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and uh, Nick Doing is the also the sponsor. Black Bed Sheet Books is also the sponsor of this show. And he's really, he's given me a thumbs up throughout the whole night, the, the show, because I got it on speaker. And he's saying, oh, my gosh, great show. Mo's awesome. And he's giving me thumbs up throughout the whole night listening to the show. And he's saying, well, yeah, you, put it on mute. Let him talk. <laughs> so and Nick is actually the background guy who's saying, put it on mute. Great show. Ah, <laughs> Uh, Nick, you want to <laughs> say hi? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll say I'll I'll say hi. As a matter of fact, I'm saying hi right now. Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hi, hey, hey, Mo and Brett. Hey, How's hey, going, good. Nick? Hey, 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 Mo. <laughs> I sound like the Three yeah. Stooges. Hey, Mo. Hey, Mo. Uh, but uh, oh, yeah, no. uh, Francie showed me some of your stuff on YouTube. Uh, it, it's right. uh, it's it's really hilarious. It's really funny. And anybody that's well, out there you, listening should pay attention to them. I hope so. That's because, what I, I mean, what, what? Say what? I didn't say, I was like, I, that's what I want. People to listen to me. Come on, have fun. Yeah, dude, that's Let's what you want. Let's change the world yeah. one joke at a time. <laughs> yeah, one joke at a time. That's that's uh, that's actually, <laughs> uh, that's very philosophical. It's like uh, It's like the winter warlock. Saying, uh, you know, put one foot in front of the other. It's one joke at a time. It's no matter what you do in life. It's it's one joke at a time, one foot at a time. You just keep going forward with what you want to do in life, with what you've resigned yourself to do in life. And you've resigned yourself to comedy, my friend. And and uh, and you do a good job. You do. I, I've seen it firsthand. Not live like Francie. Yeah, I've seen it live. But, yeah. uh, but still uh just you know on the on on our screen uh uh it, it's really cool stuff really cool stuff it it it, it well, fascinates me in no degree uh of her uh old stories about uh, back in South Carolina when she actually was was hobnobbing with the likes of you <laughs> I don't think hobnobbing is the correct term but we hung out there was a lot of tequila involved. She's saying we had a lot of beers. A lot of alcohol involved there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of it. <laughs> lots oh, of yeah, it. exactly. But have you ever heard of a place like that where comedians go on stage and uh, convey themselves to an audience where there's ab- absolutely no alcohol? I, I think not. Maybe uh, Maybe in grade school, but that's not quite the uh no. <laughs> that, no. that's not the money make part that's not the the career part that's not the you know well, i mean uh, you what, you gotta... in in grade school in grade school 
if you had a good sense of humor and you can make people laugh, that got you out of a hell of a lot of fights. See, I learned. I suppose so. Uh, sometimes I had a I sense of humor in grade school, but it was the wrong kind, and it got me into some. <laughs> now I learned at a young age that I didn't give, a, I didn't care about the other kids laugh at me. If I made the teachers laugh, I was in. So I would always focus on the teachers and get away with murder because they're like, "You something's wrong with you. You are hilarious. All right, you go sit over there and don't do any work. You're fine for the day." I'm like, I do all that just to have fun. I didn't care about the kids. Oh, that's great. So it's always come natural to you all your life. Yeah, I've always been a weirdo. Yep. We're all a bunch of weirdos, and that's why we all do what all the things that we do. I mean, we're all creative people, and, you, you know, you just can't be in a creative position and dedicate yourself to doing things unless you got some kind of weird thing going on, like, you know, not being accepted as a kid, you find other ways to make yourself valuable, making people laugh or entertain people either through music or, you know, there's a lot of different ways to protect yourself in my own personal experience. Well, you it can't that. keep it to yourself. If you got well, that no, we drive, never do. You just, it's just natural and you just got to like uh, flaunt it. And, you know, uh, you may, like, fall flat on your face for flaunting it at first, but if it comes natural, then you're going to keep flaunting it, and then people groove on it. That's my opinion. I remember, like, like when Nick and I first met, it was back in, what, 87, 88, somewhere around there. Um, Yeah, back in the day. You know, I I remember when Nick and I first met, Nick was this weird-ass dude that I was just magnetically attracted to. Because he was so fucking mm-hmm. weird. And not, I was a weird dude and not accepted <laughs> by the general people that were around me. And and Nick and I, we hit it off like right away. We started hanging out together all the time. You know, and it's been that way since then. So we're, what, 30 years in or whatever in our friendship. And we always accept each other for what we do creatively and respect each other for what we end up outputting. And there are other people that, you know, again, it's, it's, I really don't want to use the term normal people versus weird people, but in a way it's kind of like that, but the normal people, they enjoy the output that us weird people end up producing, you know? Without without right. wanting to really know about the people that are actually making these these things happen, so we live well, in our own Well, probably putting like, it universe. into better context, Brett. Uh, into better context um, uh, between saying um, something like you know weird versus normal. I think uh, when it comes to uh, people that uh, that do a certain something for a living, like Mo, being on stage, there's the person that actually does something, go on stage which is uh, probably the weird person, and then all the normal people that sit back and pay money and laugh and watch and get entertained by that weird person. That's exactly what I mean. That's no, exactly what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. I'm yeah. very weird. Than, he said I'm not weird. I'm very weird. I'm just because your weirdness and my weirdness are on the same wavelength doesn't mean I'm not weird. Uh I, 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 I enjoy 
I enjoy the I guess I, I personally embrace the word weird because I just find it like my thing. With all the things that yeah. I do creatively, if you know, other people say, Well, that's weird and that's more of a British kind of thing. You're weird, which does isn't it's not a negative connotation. It's just Oh different. no, not at all. I I, embr- I yeah. embrace it. I know I'm I'm different than everybody else because I think differently. Absolutely. And I do it. Well, it's just one of the many. Yeah, we, weird we, is one of the many things to call it. You could call it just about anything that you want to actually. But there's, you know, a separation sure. between this is the person that's that's uh, that's uh, doing the talent and these are the people watching. Well, right. you know what? I would rather be on the side of weirdness and creativity and following my passions than the guy that's just going to work and then paying his mortgage and paying his bill and has nothing other than that. I would rather be the guy that has all kinds of cool stuff going on besides all of that everyday life crap. And that's what the world that we live in is a world that we create for ourselves and we all share it together and we're in a place that it can't be understood by those that just go to work and pay their mortgage and that's their life. Like we have, we tapped into this really cool fucking place. Am I right? Right. Here's, here's one of the ways to look at all of this is the, uh, the questions is what is your greatest fear in life? Number yeah. two is death. Number one oh, is number of a public and if you think about it Mo and Brett and you and what everybody else is out there which is considered to be weird are the most bravest people in the world yep yeah because we do things that we're always worried about not worried but concerned I would say how it will be received at, but at the same time, we just don't give a fuck either. There's this weird juxtaposition right. of that kind of of, of thought about yeah, exactly. What we I do. mean, I mean, I think about it right now, Mo. You're speaking in front of the whole world, and I, I remember. And this is something I would like to ask you: how you felt. The first time you did this, the first time I did Francie and Friends, dude, mm-hmm. I wanted to throw up. I felt like Eminem, and I was <laughs> going to have the SpaghettiOs all over my chest because I just yeah. threw up. What? And and I'm just over a phone. How was your yeah. first time that you ever did stand up? And I can almost guarantee you still have that feeling. Damn, that's a good question right there, man. Uh, I'm going to give you a very odd answer. I first started doing stand-up when I was five, so I, wow. I used to get up. I used to go get my hair. Every time I, my grandfather would take me to get my hair cut at the barbershop, I would memorize, like, a book of, not a book, but several jokes out of a stupid little joke book and go up and do those jokes for the guy oh, at the barbershop. I so wow. that's that's when I first started stand up. That's that's what I did, and then when I actually did stand up, like now, it it didn't phase me because I was a theater kid as well. So I had been on stage half of my life doing stuff. Um, you already grew up in that wow. world, so you, yeah. 
So your trepidation yeah, just, level it, was a lot less. Yes, it was less because it's harder to memorize Shakespeare than to say stupid things on stage that I can uh, that I have written my own self. Memorizing other people's words is harder for me than it is to memorize my own words. Yeah. Yep. I'm just so glad you didn't end up like Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> okay, bad joke. Okay. <laughs> Come on. You guys okay. got to give me props on that one. I came up with that out of nowhere. I, I like it. I personally, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you have my permission to use it. I think it's great. I'm so happy that I finally tied you down. You've called hey. in, and I'm like, no! As soon as I'm you sorry, said your name, so I... I'm sorry, it's taking so long. I got to say... Um, you're, I, I messaged you, and I'm like, Mo, hello. <laughs> hello, <laughs> Mo. I'm, Mo. I'm sorry, because there's a couple years there that I was not really... I wasn't hiding, but I was just uh, and you know, I trying know, to recover and you, from... You were sick, and... I, I got all that, and you know, it's. I'm I'm so happy to hear you're doing well. I mean, I. I am having soon, a great time. You know my. My last uh, Facebook account, the Francesca Quinn Weatherman, it got hacked. I couldn't even log in. Oh, that's what happened. They changed my email. They changed everything, so I had to start from fresh. And when I got you back on my Facebook account, I was like. Oh, I got Mo back. <laughs> yeah, Brett, I also, oh, I got Brett back. <laughs> yeah, you know? I'm one. I'm one of the first people you went looking for. I'm not a for, robot. Right? I'm not a robot. <laughs> I still but, gotta figure that out. And then when you said, "Okay, I can do the show," and I'm like, "Thank you." It's about freaking time. Because I love you, man. You, you're, you've you've been a good friend of mine, and you know we hung out together. We, I, you know, yeah. in that stupid little fund in the front row of the comedy house. In fact, you, Akatunde, <laughs> Spanky, uh, Smokey D, yeah. all of you guys like made fun of me because I was the little white blonde haired. <laughs> And that's what I, I loved about you. you did. We had fun there. I, 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 we had fun there. We got really stupid there sometimes because there was, that did. was a great and club. And we had what, lots of fun. And and that's what I loved about the comedy house is that you know here I am, I'm at Deaf Comedy Jam, and here's a little white blonde haired girl and all of you and it was so much fun and that's what I loved about the comedy house is like we were talking about you know today's times last you know the 80s and the 90s late 80s 90s and all that is that everybody had a sense of humor you can put people in a room and everybody would laugh Right. And yeah. I now kinda hate like, that the times want, have changed. Yeah, everybody wants to be offended now. Everybody wants to find a problem that hey, you hurt my feelings. Okay, good. Get away from me. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah. this joke is not about you. I I wrote it long before you even existed. So don't come to me with your problems. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. And everybody is like so offended now. And it's like, why? Why not just laugh? That's the important part in life. You got to laugh at stuff. um, You got to be able to to really have a sense of humor. You got to have a thick skin. Otherwise, how the hell are you getting by in life? Right. Well, a lot of people don't. I I made a post today, and I was really afraid to make this post today. It was about the Mo Alexander show, and uh, no, no. I made a post today on Facebook, and I was actually surprised because I was really afraid to post it. Brett, I think you read it. Um, If a girl sleeps with ten guys, she's considered a slut. Oh, yeah. If a sure, but if a guy sleeps with ten guys, yeah, he's, he's gay. gay. Yeah. Now, now, why should something like that be so offensive? It's fucking funny. Exactly, and I was afraid that it would offend everybody. But the good thing is, is that everybody's laughing at that. Of course, well, good. You got good people. In your, you got good people in your page. Then that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's who you and, got that's reading the stuff. You know, you're you're not exactly a public figure. That's you're gonna have to walk that back. Oh my God, I gotta walk this back and then make apologies. And then, oh my God, I'm gonna lose my job because everybody's so fucking pissed off about this one thing that I put up. You know, here's here's where we're fortunate is we can put stuff like that out there, but we certainly don't have a large enough audience that's gonna cause us a problem. Let's be honest about it. You know what I mean? So we 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 can do what we you know. What would be considered a faux pas in you know with a with a celebrity with a large following that's a public figure, they gotta watch everything they do, everything they say, everything they post, and then there are people like that, that, I don't know the president really of the United comment. States that can post what he wants and and and, and he's totally cool with that it It doesn't matter you know what matters is we all kind of fly under the radar because of the way that we do things. And we're certainly not – I can only speak for myself personally with what I'm about to say. It, I have a following, and I have people that listen to my show, but they all understand that I'm going to say what I want to say. I avoid politics. I avoid religion. I avoid all those things with a purpose. I The show that I do is focused on the guests that I have. Now, we go into a lot of depth, and, and, and yeah, it, it's going to go anywhere it's going to go, of course. But I'm never going to apologize for, for any of the conversation we're having because it's all real. It's not a bunch right. of made-up fake bullshit, all right? I have right. real conversations with any guests that I have, and we're, I do my research too, so sometimes I dig out some things. Um, I, I, I OG sure that does research. Dude, I yeah, I Go ahead, that's I'm sorry. what I do. That's what makes Ballhead Radio what it is. Is I get very personal, but at the same time, I do my research. I also talk with my guests beforehand and ask them, "Is there anything that I have found that you would prefer not to talk about, or you would prefer not to be a part of the discussion?" And most of the time. Seriously, like 99% of the time, they're like, oh, yeah, that's totally cool, dude. But uh, yeah. there are some peop- yeah. there are some guests that I've had. Like I had Al Leong a couple years back on, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there are certain topics like his children and his marriage and his ex-wife that he explicitly told me these are things that we're not to deal with. And I told him, absolutely, children, the children are civilians, right? Yeah. You don't go there. Totally get that. Yeah, yeah you and, Unless, yeah, unless yeah. put them in the spotlight like certain presidential candidates have. Um, yeah, exactly. Put them in the spotlight, they're a fair game. Exactly. If if, if it's a if it's a topic that comes up that that guest itself, himself or herself, is actually put out there already, then they should yeah. be willing to talk about that. But there's there is right. this as a host, I make sure. Number one thing is that my guest is very comfortable to be able to open up about what Did we make you comfortable, Mo? Of, now, course, you of course you have. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Okay, but good. There, there are some yeah. places that's, that... That's something I, I try to focus on a lot, too. It's like, okay, what do you want to talk about? And I asked you about that, Mo. What do you want to talk about specifically? What do you... But let's not go behind the scenes. Let's get, let <laughs> where are you where can people reach you? Yeah, let's get okay, some plugs here in here, brother. Let's go. So uh, I'm always you can find me on Twitter at Mo Alexander at M O Alexander. Uh Facebook is comedian Mo Alexander. That's my fan page. But the big huge super site is MoAlexander dot net or the sister site com, And these are places where we All can right, find yeah. the DVDs or the CDs. Uh, That's you can, you what can, I was going to say. iTunes. iTunes. All my CDs are on iTunes right now or CD Baby. You, uh, the latest one, the last one I put out was called um, uh, Got Clots. That's about me dying and coming back and dealing with a male nurse who I want to slap in the face. Um, <laughs> that's where you get all that stuff right Yeah. It's on iTunes right now. Everybody go on, go download it. If you listen to Pandora, put, add me on Pandora, the Mo Alexander station. Uh, you'll get to hear all kinds of stuff coming up on that one. Um, I, I, I found I found with a stand I found with a stand up records. So my next CD will be out on stand up records sometime later this year, hopefully, because I got to record it and nice. then let them put it out. Yeah. So full production. Hey Mo. Yeah. I, I got to get going here. I got to be down in San Diego at 8 a.m., which means I have to leave my house here in Fullerton at, at like 5.30 in the morning. It's part of my, my 9 to 5, which I never talk about because my personal life is irrelevant. Right. I want to say that I'm going to send you a friend request on the Facebooks there. I'm going to okay. subscribe to your YouTube channel. is not very active, um, but you said you're very active on Twitter. Um, I'm a, people I'm can find you there. I don't. I don't like. To, I don't like to put a lot of new videos out online unless I'm having a new CD out. Then I put up right. a, new, a lot of new videos right. because I don't. Want That's actually a good. It gets now here, here's what yeah. I'm gonna do. Um, for for my my radio show, Baldhead Radio. Um, we talked about you being out here in LA in July. Um, yep. So I would like to uh, – I'm going to send you a friend request on the Facebooks, and then we can talk about the specific dates that are going to be out, and then we can set up um, a meeting. I want to I see your show for sure, 
and then from there we can set up uh you know uh, a a video interview this is a new thing that i'm endeavoring towards um a, a new aspect of the radio show that i'm working on is to have good sit down video interviews with uh different people on site you know field type recordings and uh, i would like to i would like to definitely do something like that if you're interested in it man yeah, that's not a problem. We can do that. We can definitely yeah, do that. Yeah, sounds good. We'll get in touch. Cool. Keep in touch, sir. You I have a great see. night, and be safe going to work tomorrow. Yeah, man. So, hey, so I'm nice out, Francis. Travel spread. Yeah, I'm always – I'm a, I've been a driver for many, many years, so I love the lifestyle. I love the job. I am out, and Francie, enjoy the rest of the show. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. They thanks for asking me back. To, uh, uh, they are about to turn us off. So, oh, okay. Mo, dude, I am yes? so happy I finally tied you down. This has been such an awesome show. Hey, I appreciate you. And I me want you back. I'm sorry for so long. Anytime, just let, just just hit me up. We can do this anytime you want to. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely think that you would be the perfect host for the the special host for the Steve Mingola show. I oh, yeah, I we'll think do that, that and I I will keep in contact with Steve. I've talked to him. He's 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 going to come on the show. He's already told me. So, yeah, right. I would love to have you on the show. Mo, you have been amazing. And Thank you, darling. You all, you guys have been awesome to me tonight. I appreciate you having me on. I'll do this anytime you want. Just call me and let me know. All right. I, I will definitely be calling you on for another show because you are the perfect guest. Uh, Nick, do you want to say bye to Mo? <laughs> bye to Mo. <laughs> it was nice talking uh, to you guys. Nice talking to you, Nick. You have a great night. I'll talk to you again soon. Okay, Mo. And Brett. All right. All right. All right. I Bye, got lucky Francie. with that one. <laughs> Bye, <laughs> Mo. I love you. Bye. Love you. Love you, too. Bye. All right. Bye. What what would that be? Sue fucking Dent? (laughs) Hey, France, you know who else is here? Who? Sue fucking Dent. Who did? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you want to ever say hello? <laughs> I gotta find her first. Yeah, uh, she must have stepped out for a minute. <laughs> but Sue fucking Dent is here tonight. Yeah. Who do we have on tonight? 
We have Sue fucking Dentas on tonight. <laughs> we have Sue fucking Dent tonight. If she ever comes <laughs> on, is she on? I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah, she's, she's, she's here. She's too busy talking in the chat room. I'm chatting, I'm chatting. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.